From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Miles. This is the best beer show on the internet, according according to to our mothers. mothers. All right, Miles, how's it going? Uh, It's going all right. It's been a whole two days since I've seen you. It's insane. I know. Clearly not enough time has passed. Right? (laughs) Why am I even here? I am doing pretty well. I started a new position at at work for more money and less stress. More money, more problems. Not really in this case. And it actually uses my degree. What? Yeah. I'm like stepping up in the world. That's ridiculous. I know. And that and I get to sit here with a... A doppelbach. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I'm going to sit here with a water. With ice. Yeah, because it's cold water. With ice. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Doing a beer show without beer, because I'm that guy today. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, well, it happens. It it, it does. I had, well, I, 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 I added up how many beers I had on Saturday. Oh, God. And it was a number. (laughs) <laughs> Could you? Did you have to take your socks and shoes off to figure it out? Sure did. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, and see that w- I was like, oh, that's fine, that's fine. And then I figured out how many calories I consumed that day, and, and that was a bigger number. Drinking water. That's why I'm drinking water today. <laughs> Just need a bit of a break. So, is that what you've been doing? Uh yeah no uh beer wise I haven't really accomplished much uh, in the last two days in the last two days no um done a bit more thinking on some homebrew stuff just trying to figure out what I really want to brew next weekend sure and because I know Eric has thrown a few things around but I'm gonna put my foot down on something here and and tell him what's what yeah and actually get something done <laughs> did buy a barrel that's a thing that happened oh my god was it uh, the balcone yep yes. i bought one of them uh you know i got one of those a couple of years ago very pleased with what yeah. i got out of it yeah it was um it cost 105 like 4 years ago i think is when i got it or, that sounds about mine right. ended up it was 120 and then another 20 bucks for shipping so it ended up, well, it ended up being like 150 bucks, even like 149.99. I, I think mine ended up at like 125. Yeah. So it it was totally worth it. We got um, plenty of beers into it. Uh, Eric did a very good job of keeping it hydrated in between uses and that whole. Yeah, spiel. my my plan is uh, to not let it be empty. Uh, so when it comes, Eric, uh, Eric, uh, I think Eric's gonna split it with me. I don't know. He sent me the link, and I bought it, and I'm like, hey, man, I bought this. <laughs> I can totally partake in this endeavor. <laughs> Not so, even joking. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but, yeah, no, the plan is to keep it uh, full, do a few stouts out of it, and then probably switch it over to a sour barrel after yeah. three or four runs. Are you going to do any sort of cask-conditioned-esque sort of beers? I, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to buy a pin. Okay. And do it out of that. Sure. Just curious. So. It just happens to be pertinent. To yeah. No. To no. For sure. And uh, I, I've actually that's something I've always considered buying, but I'm gonna wait until I'm out of here, um, so I can build a bar and do it right and get a beer engine and 
What's a pin? Is that a term I'm not familiar oh, with? Oh, uh, Firkin and pin are the two sizes. Oh, gotcha. I, well, you know, smaller? no, I think pin's the bigger one, so I probably just want a Firkin. Okay. The Firkin's, I think the Firkin is the five imperial gallons. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, and then the pin is ten imperial gallons. So, yeah, I want a Firkin. Yeah. Yeah. Barrel barrel beers, you don't necessarily need ten well, of those. Well, I wasn't going to, no, I'm not going to barrel it. It's, it's all going to be bitter. Oh, yeah. It's going to be delicious, delicious bitters. Fantastic. Or, or maybe, you know, like in English. I don't know. It'll be fun because beer engine. and Because beer engine. I, that's really all you need, right? Sure. <laughs> because it's that simple. Well, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> the beer engine, I don't got to wear it well. I probably have to get a CO2 to blanket it, but that's a whole other thing. That that's a whole spiel. That's yeah, we'll do we'll do a series on cast conditioned beers and we'll get uh we'll get Mike Fredrickson from Pitchfork to come down and talk about cuz he has he's fairly experienced with them. Now that they've done they've done one a week for the two years, two and a half oh years that they've been God. open. So that's a hundred and some. So jealous. But yeah, uh, beer-wise, that's about it. What's our topic? Topic. Topic. The nitro experience. The nitro experience. Nitro. Yeah. The nitro experience. I was drinking some sawtooth nitro from Left Hand. Okay. And then I had another one, and then of course I had to chase it with another one. In other words, I was thinking about nitrogen, and. I figured it might make a good topic for today's Left show. Left Hand has some decent nitro stout or night well nitro beers in general, yeah, not just stouts. I I will say I don't think Sawtooth is my favorite. I enjoy it's very um like I'd take I, I think I'd take a milk stout over it. I can um, see that. Or they also are they're the ones that have the nitro pale ale in a bottle too, right? Or yeah, yeah, the nitro pale. Yeah, the Sawtooth Sawtooth Nitro. Uh, is their pale ale on yep. nitro? Then they have the milk stout on nitro, and I believe they have wake up dead on nitro. Okay, all right. So sawtooth is the is the pale ale. Yeah. All right. Yep. I can never keep their beers straight. It's yeah. They well the labels all start to mix in your yeah. Head. They do. Uh, though I will say one of my favorite uh, nitro beers is a pale ale. Uh, it's the Founders Pale on Nitro. I, I don't really think I've had that. I one. really like that. Uh, actually, I really just like. Pale ales on nitro. Um, I had the I had Fitger's Starfire Pale Ale on nitro, um, and I also had that out of the cask with the uh, with the sparkler, and so that gives it kind of the nitro feel with that big creamy head, and yeah. it just uh, takes those hop flavors and it softens them a lot. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that I was reading up on is before you decide you want to try and nitro variant any of your beers realize that putting it on nitro will soften any hop qualities and lift up any of your malt qualities okay well and i think it just it softens a beer in general just because uh it cuts that carbonic acid yep that too all right so let's start with the basics casey the basics what is nitrogen uh it's a gas an inert gas even it is the chemical element no, it's not N and atomic number seven. Seven, yeah, it's on yes. the wrong side. No, it is the lightest uh, nictogen at room temperature. It is transparent, odorless, diatomic. But of course you knew all that, and all of that means something today. 
Uh, well, I took I took high school chemistry. Yeah. No, I just felt like being overly expressive. That's fine. Did. Okay, I'm gonna Anyways, bring up my periodic uh, table. Right. So, Casey, what use is nitrogen to beer? What use is nitrogen? Yeah. Um. Think obvious. This is very. Oh well, I mean, it's it it makes it all Happy. bubbly. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, you use it for nitro beers. Uh, for those who didn't who didn't necessarily know the difference, if you have a nitro beer, compare it to a regular one. World of difference. World of difference. All right. Uh, so, for what sort of beers is nitrogen typically used? Uh, really, any. Any beer, uh, you can use it for, but it's typically used for uh, stouts is where you're going to see it most commonly. But really, any beer that uh, you can trace back to like traditional English cask ales. Yep. Uh, because it it was initially used, if I'm not wrong, which is entirely possible, is initially used to like mimic the cask style of beer. Yeah. Yep. And that's yeah, that's more or less what I was looking for. So, Casey, what is a beer engine? A beer and engine? why is this important? All right. So, a beer engine is essentially just a an old-school pump is all it is. It's a manual pump that takes, uh, that, that siphons beer uh, from the cellar where it was traditionally kept in old pubs in the basement uh, where, you know, it's kept at a cool temperature so it's stable and it's brought up to the, the glass yes. in the bar. Um, they have like a really long, like swan neck and a big long handle and it takes a couple of pumps to fill up the pint glass and they're really nifty looking when they're operated. It's fantastic and, and retro. Yeah. And, uh, so then, uh, on those, uh, occasionally you'll have what's known as a sparkler and, to, uh, I write up on sparklers and apparently like in what part of England you, you're in, they're either blasphemous or they're amazing. Uh, but basically, it's just a little uh, nozzle that you put on, like kind of like a shower head. And when okay. you force the beer through that, uh, it forces the carbonation out of the beer, and it gives you like this big, foamy, creamy head. So it kind of mimics the way um, they serve the sawtooth nitro at bars. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It but, agitates the beer. Yeah. Which, uh, by the way, I have hesitated to do it at home, but I finally did it. I just took my glass invert and I just oh, you have to. shook the hell out of you it. You have to. Otherwise it like that's that's the way to do it. Otherwise oh. it just it doesn't turn out well. It's not that it doesn't turn out well. It doesn't turn out nearly as good as its potential. Yeah. It is fantastic. Oh, it's so fun to watch. It's way better when you do it that oh, way. Oh man. Uh yep, uh the original pump used to transfer conditioned ales from the storage room to the tap. Why was the beer engine combined with nitrogen? Uh that one I'm not entirely sure on. I would I guess it would be to reduce uh oxygen getting into the beer. Is not is just that. is my initial thought there, but No, actually what it is is it's to help prevent from extra carbon dioxide getting into the beer. Oh. Because nitrogen is otherwise um it doesn't like to go into a beer. Mm-hmm. And so uh if you have a low carbonated beer with nitrogen being the driving force It'll stay a low-carbed beer even through the 30 PSI or more that it would take to get it through the lines up to the tap. But a beer engine doesn't use any CO2. 
Well, then clearly I typed something wrong. Yes, you did. Aha. Because a beer engine uses no CO2, which is why you needed nitrogen when you when we moved over to the traditional, or I guess the, the new modern draft setup where we push oh, beer to, through the lines. to mimic the... Yeah, to, yes. to mimic the beer engine. Yeah, because now we push beer through the lines with CO2, and you lose that low carbonation. Yes. Which is why most of our beers are, you know, at, you know, at, at the higher volumes of CO2. So, what you're saying, can I not simply put my beer on nitrogen at home, and what would happen if I tried? No, you need to use a mix. Okay. Called beer gas. Yes! And beer gas, you can usually find at any like any place that'll fill CO2 tanks, you can usually get beer gas. Um, I think I can even get it at the welding supply store where I fill up my CO2 tanks. Cool. Is the equipment different at all? Uh... Honestly, I haven't looked into it a lot. I think you might need different regs. I know that you uh, you usually use a different tap. You use a stout tap, <clears throat> which is the long, uh, like, it's it's the long pointy one. If, if you see a stout tap, you know it's a stout tap. Yes. Um, so, first off, it is called beer gas, which is how much nitrogen, how much CO2? Uh, it's 70-30 or 75-25, something like 75, that. 75-25, yes. Uh, and... If you're looking to mimic a cask-conditioned ale, it will suit you very well. If you're trying to do uh, something like the Sawtooth Nitro, it's actually not going to suit you quite as well. For, again, those reasons where nitrogen does not like to be dissolved into a liquid the same way carbon dioxide does. You'll actually end up with a low-carbonated, under-high-pressure beer. Okay. So, uh, think primarily your cask-conditioned Esque sort of things. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so, how realistic is it for me to get into using beer gas? It's pretty realistic. It's not hard. It's about as hard as getting into having beer on tap. Um, what I what I have found is that it, it is realistic, but it is a bit of ex- it is a bit expensive because uh, the nitrogen tanks, excuse me, CO two under pressure in your tanks is actually a liquid. And is sold by weight and is tested up to 3,000 PSI. Do you know that? Yep. Uh, and it's rated for 1,800 PSI. And under you know, and delivers at about 900 PSI from the gas, or excuse me, from the tank. Mm-hmm. Nitrogen, on the other hand, will not go into a liquid state. And so you need bigger... Well, okay, that's bullshit. Li- nitrogen will totally go into a liquid state. Just not itself. not under pressure, and you have to keep it very cold. Yeah, I said liquid nitrogen <laughs> under normal pressures. No, you just said it will not go into a liquid state, and then you interrupted me. Yes, I did. I have I have the rest. Of you the took a right break. <laughs> oh, don't even start with me. Um, therefore, the tanks are bigger with thicker walls. They will hold less of the of the gas, and is rated for twenty two hundred and fifty psi. Uh, which is more than what most CO2 gauges will regulate to, and you usually need to get a new gauge, which is something... You can, you can get the, the gas pre-mixed as well. Yes. Which is uh, the recommended way of doing it. Agreed. And also, just to avoid mixing and matching on accident, nitrogen tanks come with all their own special connection units. Okay, so that explains how cast-conditioned... Pressures are followed or procedures are followed. How do I make like a nitro variant 
and not low carbonated beers. I don't know, Miles. How do you make a nitro variant and not low carbonated beers? You can't really. Not, okay. not on a home brewing scale, anyways. Um, commercially speaking, they almost freeze the beer and then put it under extremely high pressures to force the nitrogen in there. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Left Hand was one of the first people to do it in a bottle. Yes, uh, they even patented the way, and it's a super secret process, and they won't tell anybody how to do it. Can't say I blame them. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be, I would I would like to. Yeah, you know, they were the first ones to do it without a widget. Widgets are funny. Uh, it's because it's a fun word. It is. And they rattle around in the can when you're done. So, how would if you were going to do your own cask-conditioned beer, how, how would you do it? If I was going to do a cask-conditioned yeah. beer... Um, I think I would go about it traditionally. I would uh, get, I would t- uh, ferment a beer traditionally uh, until I'm about, well, I'd, I'd math it out, but probably about four or five points away from final gravity. Okay. And then I would rack it into a cask um, and let it finish out. And in that cask, I would also have uh, uh, some nice. Uh, wet hop sitting in there waiting for it so you get that fresh <laughs> hop character. Of course. And then, because, I mean, that's the best part of the cask is yeah. you just the, the freshness of the hops. You can get out of it and everything. Um, and then I'd wait for it to finish up. Uh, give it a little bit more time. Give it a few more days after that. Probably about a week after that. And then I would, uh, you know, spike it and bung it and away I go. Fair enough. And then, and then I would have to either put a rebreather on it, and uh, you know, keep that, or drink it in a weekend. <laughs> I like the latter. I would help you. I, it's a lot of beer to drink in a weekend, man. Uh, that's why the rebreathers are nice because you can extend that the longevity of it. What is a rebreather? Uh, basically, it's uh, it's a it's a doohickey. And that's the scientific term that you put. Uh, so you know. When you when you uh, you you put you take a wooden spile and you hammer that into the bung, right? Okay. Yeah. And that and that allows like oxygen pass through. Yep. So instead of that, you replace that with uh, the rebreather, and that it's basically a valve or a one-way valve that uh, that keeps it at uh, one atmosphere pressure, but replaces it with. CO2 because it's a heavier gas. So it just blankets the beer. So as you're pulling it out, you're pulling oh, in CO2 okay. instead of oxygen. Therefore, you don't have beer going stale way yep. too quickly. I like that. Yeah. So is it safe to say you would make an ESB first? I, th- I think I would have to. Uh, I, I think I required by beer law, the first the first beer that you make that is a cask beer has to be an English style, preferably an English bitter. What about a mild? Uh, you could do a mild. I I like bitters better, so I'd personally do a bitter. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think. Um, if I was going to go like a true traditional English style, I'd I'd want to have a porter first. You think a porter first? I would want a porter first, just because I don't I don't know how many true traditional English porters I've had. Yeah, I don't know. It's I mean I've had I've had porters on casks. But I don't know. Yeah, huh. I just had one the other day. It's in the chocolate malt board. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I read an article way back when. Um, there was there's some debate on 
a, a little historic or some of the history of the English beers because mm-hmm. a lot of the brewers just had horrible, horrible note taking. It wasn't important. Oh, and they don't even make sense if you read them verbatim. Yeah. Uh, but um, a lot of people thought for a while that uh, they used to make porters with 100% brown malt ale or brown malt. A guy tried it and it was just a horrible, horrible failure. Because it just all turned to like mush, yeah, and jello, gelatin. Because there was no enzymes. Not well, and the malts were different. And well, I mean, I th- I think he took that into account. Okay, I think he took that into account. Well, no, but they they called the malts different things. Like their brown malt wouldn't be our brown malt, and their and their pale malt would be closer to like some of our crystal malts. <laughs> and yeah. So, do you still agree with the whole? Difference between caramel and crystal? <sighs> no, <laughs> <laughs> but we're not going to get into that today because we're talking about I I know delightful I know. beers. No, uh, that's more or less what I have for for nitrogen. Okay. Um. Yeah. I guess. What other styles do you think would go? Actually, I I think really any style. Um, right, well, have, uh, have you have you looked at camera at all? Like, have you have you researched camera? Hang on, let, I, let me get the actual, uh, what it stands for here, but... Like C-A-M-R-A? I'm C-A-M-R-A, I think, or is it A-R-A? I have no idea. Um, Camera.org.uk? What pub? All right, C-A-M-R-A. Yeah, that's... Yep. It is the, I believe it's the campaign, yeah, campaign for real ale. Uh, so, like, camera is really big in the UK and getting bigger here in the US. But basically, they are, they don't want, like, traditional English style, like, the English way of serving ale to go away. I like, can see that. Yeah. So, beer engines and cask ale is, is basically what they're about. They're all about cask ale. And so, I've, I've spent some time reading all, you know, about their stuff. And I, I'm, Every time, like, somebody says Cascale, I get excited. Well, for good reason. Yeah, it's it's my favorite style, like my favorite way of serving beer. I like the 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 warmer temperature. It really brings out the flavor in the beer. Yep. Uh, a lot of any a lot of beers that people are putting in cast, they're either unique or crushable, or and you can do a lot of unique things with them. Like you can do a cask of ale and put it on. Like fresh cocoa nib, or like you know, just put it on cocoa nibs and serve it right off there. Or especially when it's harvest season, put it on wet hop and <laughs> just get those beautiful, rich hop flavors. He said and, that his face started to glow. It was yeah. hilarious. And the and the the way that uh, cascales are traditionally is they change over time. Uh, the local one of the local breweries here, Pitchfork. Uh, they they tap their cask on Thursdays and they kill it on Sundays. No, like if there's any left on Sunday, it goes for three bucks a pint. Wow, is is what the, is what they do? There's three bucks a pint just to get rid of it. But if you taste it on Thursday and taste it on uh, Sunday, it's a completely different beer because the oxygen has gotten into it and it's not stale, but it's just different. Because it's changed. The sweet spot I find is Friday night, Saturday afternoon, I, if it lasts that long. I saw this. I'd, I'd have to look it up again, but apparently in, in Europe, 
they will make a barley wine specifically for the purpose of letting it get oxidized. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I'd have to try it and figure out why they're doing it, but... Sorry, that, that just popped in my head when you were saying. Um, but yeah, that it's a thing that they would do with old ales, too. Do you, do you remember how old ales were were mm-hmm. originally made? Uh, I've had... I, I probably do. I don't um, know. Off the top of my head, I can't... Uh, uh, I, originally, you know, it's like they would consistently make beer, and not all of it would be mm. drank in the same so proportions, and they would blend them. Yep. Old with the new. Yep. Yeah, so that's... I don't know. I, I love cask ale. I figure if if you're a beer lover and you haven't had any cask ale, uh, seek some out. It's, it's a lot of fun, especially if you find a place that does it right, and it's getting more and more common, uh, especially over here. Yeah, I think it just goes almost hand-in-hand hand with uh, the sessionable pale ale IPA kind of thing, just the low ABV, easy drinking. I know, I've had a lot of bigger beers and casks, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you get the chance, uh, do do some hoppy beers on Nitro and try those out, too, because it will completely change the way you taste those beers, especially if you can do a side-by-side. Um, I've I know it's Stone Tap. Uh, I've had I've done the side by side of the Founders Pale Ale and the Founders Pale Ale on Nitro, and sure. they're just two drastically different beers. Yeah, no, it is fantastic how stuff just changes over time. All right, I think that's a good spot to wrap up. I agree. I can finish my rambling some other time. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in this week, uh, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, if you'd like to support us, head on over to patreon.com slash blindnewsstudios or click on the Become a Patron link on the bottom of our homepage. A uh, Patreon is like a recurring tip jar where you can uh, you know, set up like a recurring donation and you get a little something in return and you help us keep the lights on here. So do that. It's great and helpful and you're the best if you do. Uh, or if you can do any Amazon shopping, head over to blindnewsstudios.com and click on the Amazon link at the bottom of our homepage. Uh, then do your regular Amazon shopping and we get a bit of a kickback. All right, guys. Well, uh, I think that's about it. So if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnewsstudios.com. Or you can message us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnewsstudios. You can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.